welcome back to a new episode of 100 Steps to Drag, the podcast where I sit down with your favorite drag artists and ask them where they started and where they want to go next. Listen, if you're an avid listener, I appreciate your patience because I haven't released an episode in a minute. It's been a while, girl. Let's introduce some dramatic music here. There's been a lot going on. Pride was last weekend and I'm still recovering. I'm not 21 anymore, you guys. My knees fucking hurt. But anyways, I'm excited to record a new episode and I'm extra excited for my guest. We are recording live at the House of Hundreds Productions Studios, Mama. <laughs> and she's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite. Oh, we know each other for like, what, five years now? Mm-hmm. From the very beginning. <laughs> and she's been killing it ever motherfucking since. <laughs> if you live in SoCal and you haven't seen her perform, like you don't really live here, literally. Cause she's a staple of the community. Oh. A lip sync assassin, please welcome. Reina! Punto. Uh-huh. Hi, girl. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. And you know, cheese me out a little bit. Girl, I love the cheese me. This is what we're here for. I love it. I love it. Thank you for bringing me into your studio, bitch. Let me tell y'all, for those of you who have not been here, been blessed, bitch, it's fierce. She got the decoration. She got the Disney. She got the Funko Pop. She got all the tea, girl. All the tea, girl. And you know what? I got a little pillow right next to me that says love always, you know, and that. That's fierce, bitch. I live for that. Thank you. Thank you. I also have some lips as like a pillow uh-huh. that's in the shape of lips. Uh-huh. Labia, probably. <laughs> a little like, labia moment. Very suggestive. Uh-huh. I love it. I love it. Thank, Thank you for having you. me, Mama. Of course. Thank you for coming here all the way from fucking Fontana. Girl, I know. <laughs> There's no traffic, thankfully. Oh, it's a lovely Sunday. I yeah. Love, did you work today? Actually, no, I didn't. I worked last night. I did a private gig last night. And then I actually did a little like photo shoot with my friend Eddie and that was really fun so photos will be coming out soon yeah it's really cute it's actually like a red look that's a little tease Mm -hmm. it's it's pussy actually (laughs) wait I love private gigs though they are the most fun it's like even though it's in like somebody's backyard it's like so much fun to perform at those I think yesterday's private gig was probably the best private gig I've ever done and I'm gonna tell you why it's just because one, it was a bachelorette party, and I've always been like, when it comes to bachelorettes and a private gig, yes, down, because it's nothing but girl, woman empowerment. I like to do numbers that, you know, embody and embrace their womanhood, and it's super fun, but this one was a little loquita. It was, you know, kind of like a bunch of my cousins having a party. That's how it felt, and it was very comfortable, and they had a mechanical bowl, and during my number, I thought I can be slick, bitch, and be cute, and I started hopping a little jumper that they have with the mechanical bowl, and the the bride, like the bitch ran to the little machine. I didn't know this, that she was doing this. And I was, why am I, am I struggling staying on this little mechanical ball? The bitch started moving it. I'm gonna post it on my Instagram so bitch. <laughs> and I was turning it, girl. I was looking like I was doing my spins, bitch. Uh-huh. Flipping that hair. Bitch, it was so fun, honestly. I've never ridden a mechanical ball, so. It was not different than dick. Uh-huh. <laughs> Listen, I've been, and a mechanical bowl maybe like twice and I fall in like within the first two seconds both times. Girl, but I will say I'm a little sore. Uh, yeah, yeah, my like just like right dick, here. You know, you get sore. Uh-huh. I uh-huh. Like, oh, get sore, girl. You're busy afterwards. You're like, what just happened? Is it over yet? Very that, very that, girl. But it was fun. It was fun. Honestly, they were such a good vibe, and I got to do it with my best friend Karina, who's also another drag artist, who's also a trans woman as well. So I love her. Love it. Love Karina's fierce. Yes, yes. I know that she's been doing drag a lot longer than I have. I've only been doing drag for about seven years. I'm going on to eight, and she's been going almost on to a decade. 
decade. Oh, shit. But she did take a pause in her career, finding herself during her transition and being her friend, seeing her now explore drag again, now that she's come to who she really is. I think it's a very beautiful thing, so yeah. It is. Honestly, I tip my hat to all of you trans brothers and sisters that I have yeah. out there because it's a fucking tough ass journey. Yeah. But you still decide to go through it because it's worth it at the end to find mm -hmm. who you really are and to be who you really are. So mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful. And I congratulations on starting your own journey, mama. Thank you, thank you. The Flintstone gummies are slightly working. <laughs> oh my God, you're like, you know, little by little, one pill a day. <laughs> well, you know what's fun? I actually been telling some girls, like when you do start off transitioning, like there's such a stigma to having this pressure of, okay, you're gonna come out as trans and there's a lot of these gay guys and other trans women and they dems like in our old community that don't fully support the full process of transition. They kind of expect you to be like, okay, if you're gonna say you're trans, how come you don't look trans yet? Like you don't have your body done yet or you don't have your face done yet or you don't have long hair yet. And I think a lot of people fail to remember that transition is a journey for everyone and every journey is different. There's some trans women that I have as friends and they've explained to me that they would code switch sometimes. I think that's something that a lot, a lot of trans women talk about. When they first start transitioning, you know, some of them have the privilege to be passing as a gay male still, even though they don't identify as that. In some safe spaces, they're allowed to be them themselves authentically. And then in some spaces, they're not allowed to be that way. And so I had this conversation last night just with them about how code switching is so common, but no one notices it or acknowledges it or recognizes it. And it's also partially because of that pressure of, I need to look like a woman. If not, then I, I'm not passing just yet. I need a code switch for my own safety. I think that's something I am currently like dealing with just because I'm I'm so early in my journey that I'm still growing out my hair. I don't have any surgeries yet. And when I go out and step out, I feel like I need to present myself even more womanly. Otherwise, I feel like people are gonna be like, you're not trans or you're, she says she's trans, but she's not really trans. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, I've already encountered those comments um, from other queens, just from other friends. It's unfortunate, you know, that people feel like they can judge a woman's womanhood based off of how they present themselves and when it's like it's more than that it's more about their journey mentally physically spiritually you know i love that bitch you put that in so great <laughs> words because it's a great point and you're right nobody talks about it as much yeah. right that you cannot it's nobody's fucking business to judge somebody's transition by how they present if they pass or not because for a lot of women out there their priority is not passing yeah their priority is not just like oh like i'm gonna be like cunt or like getting surgeries mm -hmm. you know their priority is just live authentically mm -hmm. so it's nobody's fucking business to be like oh you're more pussy than her because you pass or because you got tits or mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. yeah yeah but i will say i'm very scared of being under the knife so i know my first like physical change i want to do is ffs i have friends have gone through that surgery i've seen the surgery like raw unedited videos of it and bitches scary it's spooky and oh. everyone's ffs is different i think people also are not aware that when you go into getting ffs like your doctors will consult with you and they actually they won't do what they did on the last bitch or they're not gonna do what they what yeah, they're gonna do on the next Personalized for you personalized for your own face and i came to found out that there's like a thing called liquid ffs which is kind of um basically like what you're doing with your face but it's non-surgical if you were to get FFS. So 
I feel like that's a safer option for me mentally. Just because like, I think my face, like I have a rounder like forehead, like my forehead, my brow bone is not prominent. I can get away with not going under the knife there, but I would love like liquid FFS in terms of like getting my nose done, my lips done, my cheeks done. Even some like buccal fat removal is normally done with surgery with your FFS. But there's a thing called Kybella where they, I think they inject like um, some type of formula and it actually swells you up at first, but it removes fat in your face. Mm -hmm. And so that's like all like still things that are covered and it's really cool and interesting to learn about things like that. Like not everything is so traditional when it comes to transitioning. So I have to yeah. like that too, yeah. Medicine has evolved so much. Yeah, medicine's evolved, yeah, yeah. Honey, I want to get some buccal fat rem removal too. <laughs> Girl, I'm don't like, we all? Uh, <laughs> don't we all? Uh, I'm like, I know um, it's little, but can you put it in like my butt? <laughs> uh -huh. You know what? I feel like another thing I wanted to do, I, while we're still like on the trans topic, I do want to touch the fact that like when someone comes comes out as trans, I feel like there's a lot of new women coming out. And there's also a lot of just people just discovering their identity. And I think it's okay for women who come out as trans and then they decide it's, and it's no longer for them. And I think we as a community fail to support in that aspect when it comes to that, because it's very, very tough for someone to be like, hey, this is not for me. And to acknowledge that and then to now say it out loud to their close friends or whomever they would like to say and be like, maybe I'm non-binary or maybe I'm gender fluid or maybe I'm none of those things and I'm still figuring out what I am, but trans is not for me. And I think I've noticed like, I just noticed like people when they, they hear that, from a trans woman who just came out uh, half a year later, a year later, they feel like it's no longer for them. They kind of be like negative about it. It's very like, oh, I knew she wasn't a woman. It goes back to that standardized like pressure. She didn't look what a trans woman should look like. And I think it just goes back to like, you know, if anything in that time of need of their mental like health, like they really need that support in their own community and be able to get told that it's okay to still discover who you are, you know? Because yeah. I f at the end of the day, bitch, if a whole faggot could be like, oh, I'm gay, yada, 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 woo, woo, kick, 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 cow, why can't we help the girls the way we help out our brothers? Yeah. And our le our lesbian sisters. Through their discovery. Through their, their discovery. And, you know, it's the same trauma, the same journey. And if anything, I feel like it's even more of a journey for some trans women or non-binary people because they're so big in the spotlight right now. Yeah, And right now, like non-binary and trans women and in the in-betweens gender fluidity is very like people like want to say nowadays like it's trendy but in reality it's not like that it's trendy it's just that people are allowing themselves to really discover furthermore than what they thought was just possible for them which was at back in the day you're either gay or you're straight or you're lesbian you know or you're bisexual and mm -hmm. there's a lot more diversity yeah. i just want to put it, put it out there like while we're discovering these new identities and we're still discovering how people express themselves let's keep in mind to be soft and supple and just be nice to to the people who are still dis discovering themselves for sure yes yeah. give us give them give everybody some room yeah. yeah it's funny that you mentioned this because that brought back a story that i was like oh my gosh so it was actually in the infamous dressing room of hamburger mary's ontario Woo, girl honey <laughs> so you know it's a good story <laughs> 
And like, I was there and I was getting ready for the show. And at the time, there was some drama between like this drag queen that happened to be trans as well. She was very problematic. She doesn't live in SoCal anymore. As far as I know, I haven't I seen I think her. I know who you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're not gonna name names. We're not gonna name names, but yeah. she was having beef with another person who transitioned, but decided it wasn't for her. So she detransitioned. And she was saying all these crazy bullshit. I was like, just like that. I, it wasn't, she wasn't in the dressing room, but she, we were talking about how she said it on social media, yeah. of, of all places. Like, just like you said, I knew it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, girl, you out of everybody should know that it's a fucking journey and that it's not easy. And you out of everybody should be on, on their shoes and not yeah. talking shit. And it was interesting because on the dressing room, the fabulous, wonderful Melissa Prime was there. I love her. Uh, I Wait, I think I was Melissa working Prime. with you that day. Maybe, maybe. Hold <laughs> on, <laughs> Melissa Prime, because I was there the last time she was there. She hasn't been there in a long time. She hasn't, yeah. no. But, oh, wonderful, another entertainer that happens to be trans. Yeah. And she says, well, if she doesn't, like, live out her life as a woman, how is she going to find out if that's for her? You cannot just, like, wake up one day and be like, I'm a woman and start everything. You know, you have to, like, take it differently. And I mm -hmm. love how she gave this person so much more, like, room to be like, girl, it's fine that you're still discovering versus that other girl that was like, I knew it, blah, blah, blah. It was mm -hmm. like, oh, trash. That standardized pressure, mm -hmm. like that, like expectation. It's so toxic. Um, but I love that there are women out there who are trans, like Melissa Prime, to actually allow other women to find out for themselves what it is for them and what is not for them. It's none of, none of our, our business, really. But when it is um, kind of like put in front of us and it's shared with us um, in a beautiful way, like let's express that um, in, a, in a supportive way, you know, back in return. So I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I love Melissa, bitch. She's fierce. Oh, she's the best. Melissa Prime, right? The, yes. The, no. con the realness, the pussy, bitch. Oh, the she's, everything, the performance. She's not a soaking clock right there, bitch. Let me tell you, girl. No, she doesn't get spooked. <laughs> <laughs> To just not yeah, get spooked, uh -huh, uh -huh. I love that we're talking about these, you know, topics, and I think it's important. So, yeah, I'll leave it at that when it comes to that topic. Yes, <laughs> it is important. It is, because it's a community that is very much under attack right now. So it's yeah. important to bring awareness. That is who you are. Let's talk about what you do, Mama. That is drag, <laughs> and that is really good. Oh, thank oh, you, baby. Oh, my God. Literally, my husband says, she's my favorite performer Aww. ever. And I'm like, fuck my drag, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, you are amazing. Thank Truly. you. Thank uh, you. How, how did you start dancing? Do you have formal training on dancing or is it just something that you enjoy? Yeah. Um, so I was a professional ice skater for a long time. I started when I was five and then I quit when around when I was 15 going on to 16. So for about a decade, I was professionally competitively already at the, at the age of five. And when you do figure skating, you do get dance training and ballet and, you know, ice skating within itself is its own form of art so um that's where i feel like it all came from but i feel like my love for just entertaining originated from there too just because when i discovered drag and then i got on stage i missed that feeling of entertaining like back in the day when i used to ice skate and being in front of a big crowd or a, a stadium of people and the spotlight is on me and it felt the same i just felt like i was like ice skating like once again and like on stage i was just like oh i feel pussy i'm feeling my fantasy the girl are leaving for me. Let me do a little twirl. 
<laughs> a little something something. Listen, but the yeah. girls, the gays, and even the straight, especially the straight men. Uh -huh, <laughs> uh -huh. Girl, I love to little play with the oh girl, they live. And I feel like it's a, it was something that did change my life. You know, a lot of people have drag that saved their lives in different ways. For me, I view it as like very therapeutic, um, which I think a lot of artists can um, relate to. We all go through our own struggles, our own traumas, our own journeys. And you know, me growing up in the foster care system from seven to like when I was 18, like it's a big thing that you struggle with, you know, moving homes to homes throughout the years, every year, and then still trying to figure out how I'm gonna go back to my rink and practice with my coach. It's a lot, girl. And I think that was a lot of trauma that I didn't face for a long time. And you know, by going through therapy and getting that help and finding out what I need to face and acknowledge and recognize and forgive, it allowed me to step forward furthermore in my drag. So I think drag is the same thing for me as, as it is with my therapy sessions. Like it, it helps me heal that inner child, heal that, um, that inner teenager, you know, that did struggle a lot. So yeah. And that's why we're here. We're here to talk about these things. Yeah. And don't worry, I'll boo you later. <laughs> I'll, make all, I'll make more requests for the session. No, no, no. no. Let's take deeper. <laughs> No, that is so good. I mean, we all need therapy. Mm -hmm. It's, I love that the stigma is kind of like fading away little by little, but I feel like there's still a lot of people that like looks like down to you. You feel like, oh, you're going to therapy? Like what? Yeah. But it's yeah. so good. It's so yeah. helpful. You discover so many things that you had no clue that they were there and you're like, oh shit. Like that's why I do that. Exactly. <sighs> and it's okay. I feel like people forget like when it comes to like even drama, like I feel like there's so many girls who it's easy to fall into the cattiness. It's easy to fall into the drama and point the finger and put the blame on another girl. But I think like what people fail to remember is that people are human, people make mistakes and people don't also acknowledge their own mistakes sometimes. And sometimes it could be you, whoever's listening. <laughs> like, bitch, you never know. It's um, me. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> it's very that i noticed like as i matured as i aged um doing drag like having drag queens around me and like nowadays like when there is like cheese man in the in the draw in the fitting room or whatever space i'm working in i kind of just start to tune out because i'm like mm, okay work like i don't really care yeah. where back in the day i would be like oh what what like happened said, what, bitch i'll see you outside yeah let me stir the pot let me be patty I am about that life, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think that just comes with maturity and um, it comes with, um, no, not just with age, but like people who face their own inner battles, so. Yeah. yeah. Cause you're still young. How young are you? I'm 25. Yeah. You're still a very young girl. Yeah, I am very young, but I feel like I had to grow up really fast. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Being in like foster homes, who by the age of 16 would like lock me out, and I would have to be on the street um, for that night, and then figure out how I'm gonna get to school the next day. Like, just having those type of battlefields of like my own journey. Like, it's those are like just like, like the tip of the iceberg of what I've gone through, and it's very important to know like when. When I was growing up, meeting other foster kids, meeting other foster siblings and hearing their tribulations and, and what they've gone through, what, you know, it, it's it's just a real eye opener for the world for someone at such a young age. Yeah. And then uh, I think like people fail to remember that like, bitch, there's so much more to life than what's not important at surface level. It's more about like your passion, your fire, your soul, what, what gives you 
you life and bitch drag gives me life let me tell you (laughs) so i think it's so important for me that's why i feel like drag is so like i i go hard i go hard at it for for that reason because it's something i'm able to use as an output at the end of the day it is my full time right now and when i do a gig girl i'm like my goal is to walk out that gig knowing i'm gonna have a date to come back to you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i think that's everyone's goal if you want work in drag and for me it's very important because if i missed out on that opportunity to come back that's one less job that i get and i have to what what can i do next what's the next big thing reina can do what is reina how can reina present herself how can reina perform differently what's the what else can she do coming up with like new tricks coming out with new mixes and that 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 goes for the same for everybody i'm sure you know we all go through the thinking process of how can we advance our drag how can we better ourselves and some girls do want to get on drag race and that's okay you know i feel like there's so many fucking bitches in this industry who will be like oh let's see how much drag queens we wouldn't have if there was no more drag race and i feel like it's a negative to say because there's nothing wrong with having a goal and having something that sparks something inside you. And I think I relate to a lot of the younger generation of drag queens who do want to get on a show, whether that be Drag Race or something else that's in the future, we don't know, but it's something that we're driving towards, we're fighting for. And it's important to have that when you're advancing your drag, so. It is. And I'm like, okay, what is wrong with like wanting to get on a TV show? And like, I've, I know those kind of girls that are like, oh, like, oh, like Drag Race, or whatever or like the race the rule girls and i'm like girl they are putting food on our table literally <clears throat> because if drag race wasn't the phenomenon that it is right now like all these venues straight venues wouldn't have an appetite for a drag brunch yeah. for a, a drag queens companies wouldn't book us for their pride events you know yeah and that's the cute coin too and i'm like girl Mama, what mad about this read a book and get a cute coin okay i'm like no yeah i'm like why it's why be mad at that but i love that you mentioned that drag gives you so much fire because it literally shows bitch every time you're on stage you're on fucking fire i did we start being good at the stage how was your first time in drag my first time in drag was actually through the clubs i would go to tiger heat mm, go to 340 i would see ingenue over there girl i would always be like hi i thought she was like a fucking mega star in my eyes and she still is you know and just seeing your first drag queen it like sparked something for me i was like bitch i want to look like that like everyone's looking at you you're able it's like it's like a armor it's like a different persona or extended persona for you and i started going out i started competing um at 340 i won a lot i lost a lot and that's okay i learned what looked good what didn't look good and there's some pictures out there bitch that are not cute of me and i think um <laughs> i'll me- find them i'm a uh-huh. bitch i'll be like scroll scroll <laughs> <laughs> they're not on my instagram baby (laughs) but i think like um becoming a break allowing myself to be ugly and get out of my comfort zone allowed me to learn and grow and you know i won eventually after so many tries and attempts like i ended up winning an eight-week competition at 340 i became a hall of famer and then i thought to myself like okay what's next i started performing at hamburger mary's ontario through melody sings facade working um her competitions there on saturday uh, she had one at saturday i believe at a midnight one time and then she also had one on sunday 
series and then she had mask for mascara so she gave me that platform to be introduced to another venue and working through there eventually competing there got me work as a shot girl and i got that job from lasagna who no longer does drag unfortunately today makes me so sad i love her but um, she was so nice she was so nice i, I became a shot girl at mary's ontario i started branching out a little bit more because you know it's all about connections and started performing at vip started performing in orange county started performing at like at blue started performing at mary's long beach just like once in a very blue moon and then i started working with morgan mcmichaels from being a shot girl and one time i was doing the shot girling at mary's ontario and she was already performing and what i would do is i would stop and watch the performances sometimes and be like kind of like try to picture myself doing what they're doing performing for a packed out show performing doing what they love and that's what i was so in awe of and that's where it really like hit me like i need to keep doing this and i want to keep doing this and she stopped performing mid performance and said give me the tray bitch go finish my number <laughs> i never i i don't even <laughs> i didn't what even song was this um the song was not even a song that i know bitch first of all <laughs> i didn't know the words but i didn't give a fuck bitch i was like i could pick up a beat so i was yeah. like i just started moving to the beat and she liked what i did i guess on stage and she started saying like to the crowd do y'all want to see her do a number they said yes she sat in the middle of the crowd watched me perform I, I went backstage to just change i came right back out to perform from then on i started working with her and then i was consistently doing numbers like throughout randomly um her, from her shows while i shot girled i would do the shot girling and then i would go perform a number and then come back shot girl the rest of the night and then until i was done the pandemic happened we all know that happened mama and it's it was tough for us and for me it was like oh i started getting like a drive like i started i started to feel before the pandemic like i'm getting my foot in the right direction <laughs> for my journey and when the pandemic happened i was like okay like what are we gonna do like how long is this gonna last for and then finally restrictions started to lift i worked at el noah noah with exotica i became a be fierce after melissa seeing me perform and it was a beautiful thing and i started you know skyrocketing my journey my drag career was very 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 good like i was consistently booked and melissa helped me a lot with connections and definitely with direction and advice she's she was a, an amazing mother and that's how i also viewed morgan at the time too i viewed her as a mother as well i felt like there was a big big high for me and you know how when there's always a big high things come down or things no. must come down and through some unfortunate um events i feel like me no longer working with morgan me deciding to not become a be fierce anymore is not necessarily like a bad thing and i know like some girls are like oh like they talk they have their own assumptions of what's happened but the truth of the matter is some people need change and some artists need to be reborn and find out what's a different path for them and i think that was such a good path for me but now i'm ready to kind of take on a new path and i'm now pursuing becoming a hostess more and more because it's something i do enjoy i found out having my own show at mary's ontario i love to be on the mic i like to talk to people and kind of have that one-on-one -on -one. when i lost that show the same week i got a new brunch and it's now called dazzle drag brunch and for god knows how long that's gonna happen how long <laughs> that's gonna work out but so far so good you know and now i'm able to book queens who have shows when girls offer me 
me a date, I offer them a date, or I, I give, I'll sometimes reverse it. I'll be like, hey, I'll give you a date if you give me a date. Like, you know, that's just kind of how it works. Yeah, it's yeah, part of it the works. business. It's part of drag. I like where I'm going. I like that I'm starting to get my rev again. And I think this whole past year, it was me kind of like, in my own mind, like a cocoon. Like, bitch, I'm like, I'm cooking up. Right, I'm seasoning. Right. <laughs> I'm, marinating. You're marinating, bitch. And it's like a new Reina again. Like, I feel like it's just a different part, a different chapter in my drag career. Yeah. <laughs> Reborn, girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love all the motherfucking journey. Like, from yeah. starting at 340, now you're here being a boss-ass bitch that you are. But <laughs> I love you. that you, like, took, like, pieces from, like, other artists. Like, you said you watched Morgan and how she performed. And, like, in your time with Melissa, you also did that. I think that's really important. I do that all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I did that with Nomi when she had all of her shows. I would go to almost all of them and be like, okay, I love how she does this and that. Like, and let me try them for me and see how like it and sometimes that wasn't for me and i was like nah this is not, this is her thing yeah but i learned so many good things from like just watching them and i think that's something that new drag artists can do like go to the show support the show especially people that you look up to and see how they do drag how they conduct themselves professionally and take that away yeah it's not copying it's just like learning from them because, yeah i mean they're professionals yeah morgan taught me a lot like she taught me the biggest advice i think i like took from her was if you want to be successful you want to be a successful working queen i think this is good advice that i'll share with you guys you need to have a number for every category that you can think of and type of drag so that you are bookable you know and that was very good advice that she gave me you know make sure you have a disney number make sure you have an 80s number make sure you have a 90s number make sure you have a spooky ooky number make sure you have a broadway number make sure you have a ballad make sure you have disco any type of genre category plethora of drag make sure you have impersonations make sure you have characters under your belt like disney DC, cartoon, Saturday morning cartoons, like all these everything. things that, you know, they do like, oh, Barbie drag show yes, or like yes, Halloween. Yeah. Yep. I've seen a lot of girls complaining when October rolls around. They're like, fuck this. Why we have to do Halloween again? Yeah. Like, Mama, it's part of the gig. This it's is part job. of the gig. Yeah. Um, like, for example, really good advice. Yeah. And I think, it, for example, my new brunch theme for this month, because it's a once a month gig, hopefully will become two. The next day is August 27th. The theme is video games i'm like thinking to myself as a show producer who am i gonna book for video games who i've seen that has video game shows yeah numbers yeah yeah, yeah and I, and that goes to you know i didn't think of this one girl i love her barbie number that she did last month but i've never seen her do video games so i'm not gonna think of her you know what i mean yeah. and, that, and i think that was a very important advice and it's very good so i'm very grateful to like morgan very grateful to melissa grateful to even april showers big d tommy rose jasmine simone melody like no matter what experiences i've had with each individual i always take it as something like as a learning piece from each and every single entertainer and even when like other other drag artists when i watch their numbers i kind of observe and see what nicks and little body mannerisms that they do and i see can that be applied to me can i pick up on that can does that work for me and what i do and what i represent and it's it's a beautiful thing what you know and what you don't know that you can become just by simply watching others and really opening your eyes so it yeah. is it's like when companies have like job shadowing day and they have like yeah. a high school student like shadow you or you'll do your, do your job uh -huh. and they kind of like learn and sometimes they leave self-motivated and sometimes they're like that was shit uh -huh, <laughs> you girl. take what you want you know <laughs>
Oh gosh. Oh, I love it. Where did where did you start your drag actually? It was here in Long Beach because I like my first performance was in like community college, mm -hmm. but then it had to stop because I was living with my mom and she was like, so, she just, to this day she doesn't know I do drag. So when oh, she visits, okay. I have to like put all the makeup away, all the wigs, everything. But you have beautiful advice for the TikTokers. Let I me try. tell you that I, I I see you girl, and you spread more awareness about about drag, and I think that's a beautiful thing. I try because like I love drag, and I never wanted to see it like die as an art form. So if, in my head, I'm like, okay, if I keep sharing these tips and tricks and how to do it, people will be motivated to do it, and then we'll have a lot of queens and kings and performers, and like you know, it's never gonna go die because girl, let's be honest, at some point we're gonna wanna like hang out the wig and the shoes. Yeah at some point and maybe do other things but it has to you know like keep going yeah you wanted to continue the art form yeah. i love that like those like maybe we're gonna have a cartoon one day that's like hundreds and hundreds of years of drag maybe <laughs> yeah maybe and i have like it's a like, little segment <laughs> uh, uh, uh. i love that you have that kind of passion um that reminds me of like a dear friend of mine who also does drag but like he's mainly known as a designer eddie um shout out to eddie we love eddie Beautiful here bitch clothes. oh my god he's Built a to last He's mother to me. I love him. I think he's the big mentor for me, um, a big mentor to other drag artists, or the, he's been a mentor for them at some point in their drag career. He is somebody who also, I think, shares like similarities in terms of like that passion, that fire of drag, and seeing others truly thrive. I just know that, like for example, the help is there. Last night, I said I wanted help with some photos. I said I was gonna be there at 10 p.m. They tried to show up to his house till 1 a.m. Oh my God. He didn't have to open his door to me and be like, yeah, let me help you. He could have been like, bitch, I'm asleep. Mm -hmm. Fuck you, ho. You took too long, you know? But you know, private gig things and stuff like that. So that shit happens. But that being said, what he did was, no, he took me in. He said, okay, what are we? What looks are we working on? He adjusted and altered a look that I already brought. He fucking worked the lighting. Like he added some stones. He even made me a new dress and literally new dress and four minutes sewed asymmetrical dress. No, he's very talented. Bitch. Oh, I love him. Um, he made a belt in two minutes. All in the matter of a whole look, accessorizing was seven minutes. I'm dead. I'm dead. That is not a friend. That is family, bitch. Yeah. That is fucking family. But that's mother to me, girl. I love him. Mother. Mother. Like, I just feel like he's like, you know, like in this Long Beach community, community in LA and just in Southern California in general, like people view Sacadella as a mother figure. I also view that as well. Um, I also view Eddie as a mother figure yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you've had a couple of shows now that you host and yeah. that you perform. Let's hear about some crazy stories. Have you ever had something that's like, bitch, what just fucking happened? Either hosting or performing <laughs> is your pick. I've had been approached for sex work. I think it's not, I don't know. I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. Like, I feel it like it's, both. it's flattering. Yeah. It's flattering. I've been approached with couples, married couples. I've been approached. I'll talk about one specific one. Okay. I was working a dinner show. Show was cute. The coin was cute. Let's get this bag. I'm about to eat. We're doing the group photos. And then, like, I do this move where I dance on a like on top of a chair and I, like, put my leg around the guy's, like, head and make it look like I, I'm, they're giving me head or something. Gl gl Glucky, <laughs> give me that Gluck Glock 3000. But like in reality, they're, they're nowhere near it. I'm kind of just balancing myself on the chair and on their shoulder or on the chair like head. And I did it to a guy. And at that point, like I kind of like let them play, like let them touch myself with consent.
that, you know, and it was fun. Like, I don't think anything of it when I do that because like I do that all the time and nothing really happens. But when I did it this show and with this guy, he approached me for the photo and then he was like, oh, let's take one with my wife. Okay, yeah, we take one with the wife. And when we took it with the wife, like his hand was like on my like lower hip and I have hip pads on, but I, I know where your hand is at mama. Mm -hmm. Like this delusional ass couch can feel it, okay? <laughs> they asked for my social media and then they were telling me oh, like, oh, where you live? And I'm like, oh, I live around the corner. Like, I don't really give out personal information at shows. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, well, I live in Rancho. And I was like, oh, okay, cute. Like, that's right here too. And then the wife was like, so like, I think you're so hot. And I'm like, thank you. You're hot too, bitch. And I'm still thinking like, this is just a friendly conversation. Yeah, kiki after the gig. And the guy was like holding his phone and I see him scrolling. And he's scrolling, he's scrolling, he's scrolling. But I don't really pay too much attention to it until afterwards, like after what happened, I'll tell you right now. The girl goes, so I want to tell you, we're swingers and we normally invite others into our, you know, sex life. And I think you would be so hot if you would like fuck my husband. And I was like, I don't know, am I hearing this right? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> What do you want me? What do, what do you mean? Fuck your husband. You want me to top him? Bottom for him? Like, what's the tea, girl? And she was like, what's that? Like, I, I, I could tell she probably swingers with, like, other straight couples yeah. or bisexual couples, etc. And I was like, well, have you guys fooled around with the drag queen before? And they were like, no. Like, we want you. And her face, like, I don't know if it was the liquor or, the, or what, but the bitch looked like she wanted to eat me up like a piece of chocolate, girl. Like, I thought she was going to eat my pussy out, bitch. Okay? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy, like, touched me on the shoulder and then he goes here are you interested and he shows me his dick pic how and was I'll, it i'll give it a good eight out of ten <laughs> That's, that is a really good rating mm -hmm. wow i do remember it i think it looked like it was a size eight to be honest mm -hmm. it was it was a nice so penis rushes. it was a nice penis i ain't gonna lie it was a beautiful penis uh -huh, i was a little interested but i was like oh wow um and the moment i just kind of was like oh okay i'm done y'all hit me up y'all let me know and you know i just figured oh they won't end up hitting me up but they did end up hitting me up they did message me and i had to unfortunately tell them like no i'm not interested but thank you i appreciate it and i think that was the most like weirdest interaction to think like oh i'm gonna go work today a dick pics could be shown to me and i'm gonna be offered to have a threesome with a straight couple <laughs> like it's wild that is wild it right day, though. <laughs> it was a good thing i went home thinking like i was the baddest bitch of course like, <laughs> i went to the drive through girl and i was like flirting bitch i was like oh girl i know i look good today not a soaker clock, bitch. <laughs> but yeah, I love that. I think like um, it's very common for drag queens to be sexified as an object to um, and other like people who are just discovering drag, and it's a beautiful but also dangerous thing. So. It is. One time I did facade years ago too, and it was a finale night. I know I was not winning. I'm like I'm not winning this shit, but I'm committed to finish. Right? Yeah. So I'm there. You know how facade is. It takes a minute for you to perform sometimes uh -huh. so I was like well, just waiting around the bar talking to people I'm super talkative so I talk to anybody and I was talking to this guy he was seem nice and whatever and then he goes I'll give you $200 if you leave to my house with me and I'm like it's still not my time to perform $200. I'm not gonna win this. What do I do? She's like, do I get $200 or do I get 200 people clapping for me? <laughs> yeah, that part. I was like, oh, what do I wanna do? But I said no. I was like, I need to finish this shit. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't put all this fucking effort to, like, not finish. That's a long-ass competition, it bitch. It is? So I was like, no, this is the last night. If it would've been, like, whatever show, I'd be like, hmm, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it was a little cute $50 gig, yeah. $100 gig, whatever, maybe, bitch, yeah, girl, I'm sorry, I'm canceling. I know I'm here, exactly. but I'm leaving, you know okay? 
sorry. <laughs> Wait, was uh, he cute though? He was fine. Oh. He was fine. But I was like, sir. You should tell him to just wait a little bit longer. He was like also very intoxicated. Oh. So I was like, I think this is not also safe. So I'm like, yeah, yeah weighing all... Because listen, if he would have been fine as fuck in his uh -huh. senses and offer me money, I'm like, <laughs> y'all can... Yeah, let's, yeah, let's do goodbye. it. Yeah. Did you get his number? No. You should have gotten his like, number. Because I thought maybe he's just like... You never drunk. know. You could have gotten a sugar daddy, bitch. Maybe. You could have got the sugar girl, the sugar cubes, all of it, bitch. <laughs> the sugar coins. The splendid. Uh-huh, the splendid. All the sugars. <laughs> I used to have one when I was in high school. Really? Uh -huh. Not in high school. I was a senior, already 18. Okay, okay. So I was still in high school. But yeah, I had a sugar daddy. He was a doctor. He lived like in the hills of like, you know, like by like Whittier is. You know how like, they have hills right there? It was cute. That's a nice place. But I stopped seeing him because he cummed in my eye. <gasps> He what? He, he come to my eye. eye. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, you can always wash it off. I mean, doctor. I did, and I, bitch, my eyes were burning, bitch. I was like, fuck this eye? bitch. No, I mean, my eyes were really red. The next day was fine, but like, girl, at that time, I was very stuck up, immature, and I was like, how dare he do that to me? Oh, no. Yeah. But he was cute. But no, that's crazy. I love that. I love that so sugar daddies are in this world. They think they exist and that we're able to thrive off of other successors. And that's okay. That is okay. That's because okay. you know what? Nobody, when you die, you're it's not going to take that money with you. It's a motherfucking service, it bitch. Is. You're either doing sex or you're doing companionship. therapy. Companionship. <laughs> Who knows what the fuck your business is with that guy. But it is okay, girl. It is yes. okay. Oh, gosh. We need, uh, sugar, we need to go to Palm Springs and get some sugar daddies. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's another venue, too. I forget what it's called. There's a lot of trans women there. Uh, Cobra? Yeah, Cobra. There's a lot of sugar daddies over there. Sorry for Really? Heard. I've heard, like, Cobra is good for, like, trade, but I don't know about sugar daddies. Well, you gotta... I feel like when you present yourself to like men and when you're trying to get a sugar daddy i think like when you just go and yes to the first guy or the first three guys it's like you're not gonna find your sugar daddy like that they, i feel like sugar daddies want somebody who's not easy and they're hard to get because it's part of a chase and they feel superior to you know oh i caught this beautiful mm. creature like i like they're mine yeah like a pokemon <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then they like to feel like you're theirs or you're there, you know, you're for each other. Companionship, literally, bitch. At least that was the, that was my experience with the sugar daddy. Like I noticed they didn't like that. It's not, I couldn't talk. Oh, I saw Trey last night, or saw, mm -hmm. or I'm gonna see Trey after see you, bitch. Like they don't like that shit. Start a TikTok. <laughs> all you do is tips on how to get a sugar daddy. I can do a TikTok of a manifestation and then, like let's see if it happens. And I start going out to bars. Oh my god. <laughs> Manifestation is real. Yeah. I love manifesting. Manifesting, girl. You know what? I keep seeing 1111. Mm -hmm. This whole year has been nothing but 1111. Every time I look at the clock, like I end up seeing 1111, like at least once a day. It's so weird. Or if not, every other day. And it's, I keep wishing for the same manifestation. And I hope it happens. It will happen. Trust it. Trust I mean, believe. I'm excited. I can't wait to get there. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of things that you want to manifest, we've talked about your upbringing, your career and all the things you've done so far. But what is the next for you? What do you feel is like the next step for Reina? I girl, that's a good question. Short-term goals, I want to get more shows to host. I want to eventually start reaching out again now that up season will be happening because we all know the summer is not to tea. Sometimes it is when it comes to the, the pride gigs. Now that we're entering like a really high season for drag, get my own show for a dinner show, get another 
another bunch probably. I just want to be able to work consistently. If I'm not going to get booked at certain venues that I want to be at, I'm going to get my own shows. Um, so that's a short-term goal for me. A long-term goal is I definitely would love to do Drag Race. I think that's something I see in my future. I do see it happening. I see myself lip-syncing for my life. To uh, what challenge? What challenge is going to land you in the bottom, girl? I think the challenge that would land me in the bottom would be improv, like acting challenges. Um, I'm Those very, are tricky. Yeah, I'm good at acting. A lot of people don't know this because I don't really do a lot of acting numbers. But when I act and I know I have a line, I have a script, I understand the emotion, I can do it. Improv and throwing it out of my ass, I don't know what to bring to the table. But that's okay. Good luck to whoever looks against me. Literally, <laughs> literally. Oh my gosh, girl, no. Oh my God, good luck to them. <laughs> Watch oh. it be some fucking crazy bitch. Imagine like a Nitra versus uh -huh. Rina lip sync. Oh, Ooh, girl. That would be close. But like, I think Drag Race is not the reason why I'm doing drag. I do drag because I like drag. I love drag. I would still do it even if Drag Race was not here, bitch. I'll go to Dragula. <laughs> drag Latina. Uh -huh, drag Latina, girl. This Drag Race is not the only platform, but I do see like a bigger platform, me being on a show and being on Drag Race. I, I just see that for myself and I know what's going to happen. I know when I look around and this is not shade to like any other drag artists that I've worked with uh, or to anybody that I've, you know, became friends with. I feel like when you meet somebody, you can just see a star in them and you can sense that they're meant for greater things and i see that when i see that in the mirror i see a star i see a star too right now Aww. in front of me bitch thank you, you. are iconic literally uh, i love you such thank a you. good performer like i'm not saying this just because you're my sister but like honestly uh ever since i met you i'm like this bitch is fucking killing it <laughs> and now you've grown so much i'm like the last time i saw you perform was maybe last week at el barrio uh-huh bitch fucking like climbing on shit <laughs> shaking your ass i'm like this bitch is crazy in the best way possible <laughs> I cannot wait to see everything that's Thank upcoming you. for you, bitch. Thank you. I'm excited. Thank you for having me, Mama. Of course. This, oh, we're entering the last section of the pod, which is the drag tip of the week. All about the tip. Listen. Girl, we're the lubrication app. Spit's just enough. Spit me a good tip right now. What's one piece of advice that you would give out to new drag artists? For new drag queens just starting out or who is interested in doing drag, it's okay to be a bedroom queen if you want to be that and it's okay to not be a bedroom queen and just step on stage it will feel so liberating the second you get off that stage you don't know where to start you don't know where to go feel free to message your nearest venue you know ask for direction like who has available spots and your drag shows they can point you in the right direction to the right hostess who, or show producer enter a competition a one night competition they're free bitch you don't have to spend much money on it as long as you're out there doing your thing girl i think my advice is just kind of like go for it a lot of new queens i did meet recently i noticed that they're like oh i've been doing drag for two years but i just started performing for two months and i acknowledged them as a two-year drag queen because you know that's still a journey but in my head i kind of tell myself like or you could have been telling me you've been performing in drag for a year why like why why did it take you so long to step out and i think it's just part of the scary process of it all but it's okay we're here we're gonna support you hopefully unless you're one of those catty bitches then i can't speak for you girl i can't help you girl and then another tip that I would give is, I kind of relate to it, is performing. Getting an opportunity to do drag in Texas, getting an opportunity to do drag in other like, parts and counties of this state that we're in, California. It's a 
allowed me to really open my mind on the different types of performances that there are. The pageantry drag, and I feel like everything that everyone shares is taking your time. I know I have high energy numbers, but if you notice like my high energy numbers, there's always like a low, slow, petty, steady pace, or there's a pause and I'm just lip syncing and you're feeling in the moment or you're doing like a, a spoken word or whatever it may be. It has a lot of peaks and valleys. Yeah. So you take us like high, 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 and then like you bring down a little bit uh -huh. and then we go high again and then we go uh -huh. low. It's like, it's very that. I love how you play with it. Thank you. Thank you. I think like taking your time on stage, whether that be a ballad or you're a dancing number or how you come out, the way you come out and you have that fucking face, like, you know, you own the room, they're going to look at you. Otherwise, if you come out, start spazzing out, bitch, and you're trying to get their attention by doing little moves, they're going to lose interest immediately because by halfway through the number, you're going to run out of the same moves. <laughs> it's very that. It's very that. Like, step out like you own the fucking venue, yeah. literally. And if you're not confident, it sounds so corny, but it's so true. I'll just fake it. Yeah. Fucking fake it. Yeah. Or think of a bitch that you're like, oh, like, I want to be like her one day. And imagine you're her. Yeah. Like, in your head. Like, yeah. in, in my head, I am fully Carmen Farala. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you for having me. That's my advice. Um, take your time and reach out. You know, you don't know what you're missing out unless you go for it. I love that. Just go for it. You already have the no. What can you lose? Like, nothing. There's so mm -hmm. much to win. And thank you for being here. I loved our conversation. This hour passed by super quickly. I go, it's been an hour. It's been an hour. <laughs> Tell everybody where they can find you on social media, on your shows. Um, yeah, I have this bad tendency to change my Instagram handle like a billion times but for right now my Instagram handle is Raina the doll and that is r-e-i-n-a-t-h-e-d-o-l-l Raina the doll you guys can find me in LA Orange County Palm Springs the Inland Empire wherever I will be posting on my Instagram every week where I'm at so and if you want to have me for a private gig girl let me know girl trust and believe that you're not gonna fucking regret <laughs> either booking her or seeing her live it's show-stopping original never the same uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> thank you baby thank, thank you. you for being here thank you for listening to a hundred steps to drag if you like my podcast, don't be shy. Share it with your friends. Leave me a review. If you didn't like it, you're probably homophobic. This episode was edited by Chow Panda Productions. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.